Grills, Cadillac Mills. Check out the oil my Cadillac spills. Matter of fact, candy paint Cadillacs. So check out the my Cadillac fills. 20 inch wide, 20 inch high. Oh, don't you like my 20 inch ride? 20 inch thighs make 20 inch eyes. Hoping for it is America, the DFS MVP high. Thanksgiving week. Bonanza spectacular. Holden Kushner here and our director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. TJ, happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. What is up, buddy? I am pumped up for this show. I love the Turkey Day slate. I love the main slate. And we're going to be doing some main slate action today. Yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped too. I mean, we're recording this the night before uh, Thanksgiving. So we're not going to cover the Thanksgiving games because by the time this releases, the slate will already be kicked off. But this this is the uh, this is my favorite day of the year. This is the best holiday by far. You don't have to oh. exchange gifts. No one's expecting anything. Just all I have to do is show up with whiskey and wine tomorrow. I'm in. I'm great. Seriously, there is no holiday that I have been more just blasted for than Thanksgiving. And it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's just so great. It's the perfect holiday. You it don't really have to is. do anything. You sit on your ass. You eat food that makes you tired. You get messed up and you sit on the couch. You take a nap. You wake back up and football's still on. It's it's, it's the best day of the year. It's the best By day far. of the year. By far. All right. Since we agree on that, that was uh, ludicrous. Back for the first time is the album, the song of Southern Hospitality from the year 2000. Uh, the Spotify, DFS MVP Spotify playlist is definitely better with Little Luda. Yeah, I think it's the second time we've had Luda on this year. I think we opened up the season with Ludacris. I can't remember specifically, but uh, that's also a, a Pharrell production. We got so much good feedback on a Pharrell intro last week, the one you didn't like that I thought I'd bring Pharrell back. Hard. Yeah, but but the listeners, <laughs> the people, the people matters. were happy. Uh, yeah, so that's on. That's now on the Spotify playlist. Search DFS MVP on Spotify or go on my Twitter account. I'm always tweeting that out. Uh, that's where you find all of the best intro music in the fantasy football podcast universe. You know, in um, in the radio world, like the worst thing that you can do is sit and screw around before you actually get to the topic. Like they program directors just say, all right, get going. I want you to say what's going on in the first eight seconds and then get into your conversation. This is podcasting. And in all honesty, this is the only podcast. This is the only radio thing I've ever done where you just talk about the music and let the music play as long as it is. And it actually works. So good job. Yeah, it's you. fun. People like having fun, man. Uh, I've also been listening to a little Nas this week. Um, so Always I don't classic. Know if, yeah, if we could get something on from the Illmatic, that would be nice. But I think we could just, do that. Just a request. Uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, $19 DFS package. Are you kidding me? What are we doing here? Yeah, it's uh, at midnight. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday, but you'll hear this Thursday. Tonight at midnight. DFS price goes down to $19 for our Black Friday special. That runs through Cyber Monday. So if you got a chance to read our Thanksgiving breakdowns, which we made free this week as a nice little happy holidays for everybody, and you want full access to the site or you've been thinking about dabbling in DFS, if you're out of the fantasy football playoffs, playoffs and redraft and now you need a little bit of action for the rest of the season, only $19. That could very easily pay for itself on sunday and we go through championship week so that's 20 bucks to get you for that's two more months of fantasy football action for only 19 dollars. just to quote my three-year-old daughter she would say what that's crazy <laughs> that is, it is what? crazy it's crazy it's 19 dollars. that's crazy all right we got the week 12 plays gpp and cash dk and fanduel talk about some thanksgiving food some football 
Um, and I'm sure you're going to have a problem with me saying that turkey is just a vehicle to uh, taste everything else that's delicious. <laughs> like pancakes are just a vehicle for syrup. Turkey Ooh. is the same thing, but whatever. Uh, rate, review, T-shirt giveaway. Leave us a five-star review, and uh, we'll be very happy, and you'll be automatically entered in to uh, win a free T-shirt. And who's our winner this week? Yeah, since we're giving thanks on Thanksgiving, seriously, thank you, everybody that's been listening and giving us reviews. We've been overwhelmed with very positive reviews this year, and we really appreciate it. Uh, this year, we got a nice one from A Bailey23. So, A Bailey23, find me on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. Shoot me a message, and I'll get you hooked up with the details on how to get a free 444 t shirt. If you want your name to be entered, to win a free 444 t-shirt go on itunes leave us a five-star rating review and your name will automatically be in the drawing a bailey 23 is that yeah. really it yeah that's it have you ever nice and simple that's the people no absolutely not alicia bailey maybe is that In victoria bc i mean that's a bailey 23 my, my, my man oh well i love that there you go women listening to the show i'm all about that man good job terrific uh, we need more women in this business. All right, let's do this. Uh, what we do every week, we give our core plays at each position for the main slate, and then we give us a theory segment. This week is a food segment, so uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. So here's the week 12 notes, right? We got no Chiefs and no Rams because they're on by. So yep. uh, hopefully you How about that well. game, man? Oh, it was so amazing, TJ. I was... Yeah, you know, I taped a um, my Fantasy First podcast right after it, and I was just so jacked up. Like, I did the fastest. I read so fast through it because I was just so excited about seeing that. This is the new NFL. This is the new NFL. This week we got a game, what? It's the, the game total is 60 for the Falcons and the Saints, and it's the fourth highest all-time uh, over-under. It's tied for the fourth highest. I mean, it was we're going to have these games now. That Maybe that was the outlier because it was 105 points. But yeah. this is the new NFL, dude. And for anybody complaining that they don't like, it's flag football and I don't like. This is why the rules have been implemented. Partially safety, but mostly because it's freaking exciting, man. Yeah, with, with ever since I, I really got into DFS and started playing for significant sums of money, it, it takes a little bit of the shine off watching a game uh, just on its own for for the, the action of the game or for rooting for a winner or a loser. And watching that game, I haven't felt like that watching a football game since I, maybe five or six years. That was That was crazy. That was a lot of fun. It was a blast, and it's something we're probably going to – hopefully we're going to remember for a long time. It was a great mm -hmm. game, but we got no Gurley, who, by the way, rolled his ankle in that game, mm -hmm. which is why mm -hmm. it wasn't as good. We've got no Mahomes. We've got none of them. But we do have a couple of games with uh, game totals over 50, and yeah. let's start a quarterback here. I'll just say when I do my dummy lineup every week, um, this week I looked right at Andrew Luck, and he stood out. He's going up against Miami. He's a little costly there, 8,400 on FanDuel, 6,400 on DK, but he's matchup proof. He's got uh, a game, to, he's got a, what is it, almost 30, 29.25. That's right, 29 and a quarter uh, implied total. Everything is lining up for Andrew Luck again this week. Yeah, I love Andrew Luck. Uh, even though he's he's priced up a little bit, he's actually our our best value on DraftKings. We'll actually get to that in a moment, comparing his price to some of the other top values. Uh, but he's been on an absolute tear. Andrew Luck has thrown three or more touchdowns in every single game since Week Four. Uh, only six quarterbacks 
in the league have accounted for at least 80% of their team's offensive touchdowns. Andrew Luck is one of those guys. And with all of the scoring that they're expected to do, 29 points uh, is the highest on the slate, like you mentioned. They're without the Rams, without the Chiefs, without the Saints on the main slate. There really isn't an offense that we can look to that we can be sure is going to air it out that has a reliable quarterback like Luck. And I really like this matchup because the Dolphins are a defense that look, they look good on paper against quarterbacks. If we look at fantasy points per game, they actually rank in the top 10. If we look at their schedule adjusted fantasy points on four for four, a little more mediocre, they rank 18th. Uh, But the Dolphins have faced the six fewest pass attempts uh, this season. And this kind of reminds me of, of, what the Lions were leading up to the past few weeks. Lions have been getting torched through the air, but early on in the season, uh, a lot of people didn't realize how bad they were because they were getting beat so bad on the ground. They were facing so few pass attempts that it wasn't that evident. But there are a lot of similarities between this Miami team and that Detroit team from those same factors. Uh, Miami gets beat very bad on the ground, but they've allowed crazy efficiency through the air lately. Over the last six weeks, They've allowed the third most fantasy points per pass attempt, and that includes a game where Sam Darnold threw for 229, zero touchdowns and four interceptions. So even with that game, still one of the the highest efficiency allowed in terms of of, uh, passing attempts and, and fantasy points that we've seen lately. I think Andrew Luck goes bananas in this game. I hope he does, because in all likelihood, he's going to be my cash game quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and T.Y., wow, T.Y. hooked it up, and he's he's really put up some nice numbers at home. So we move over here, and listen, last week, it seems like every week we talk about a Tampa Bay quarterback just because mm-hmm. if you combine them, they're what, it's still a top five uh, QB tandem. Top two. Top Oh, so they're number two behind yeah. Aaron Holmes? Yeah, Mahomes. They okay. they were actually tied until last week. Until that Thursday night game, Mahomes yeah. just jumped. What we would, what you call it the Buccaneers quarterback, if you want. All right. Here's the difference, though. The difference is Mahomes is not getting yanked mid game. Right. And that's, neither is Luck. Right. That's the biggest fear I have mm-hmm. starting any of the Tampa Bay quarterbacks in cash is that they're gonna get yanked. So yep. Jameis Winston, seventy five hundred Fanduel, six thousand DK. Make the case for Jameis against San Francisco. I mean, I think it's exactly what you said. As long as it it really hasn't mattered who's under center, uh, they've been putting up quarterback one numbers, not quarterback one like top 12, overall quarterback one numbers. Uh, I I would think that at some point, Dirk Cotter and, and the Buccaneers just have to leave one of these quarterbacks in for the sake of embarrassment. Just the the back and forth is it's not a good optic for this team. Uh, and the Buccaneers are in a situation where Jameis Winston, at least for this week, we wouldn't expect that this is a spot where he struggles or gets pulled because the San Francisco defense really hasn't done anything to suggest that they're going to put a lot of pressure on a quarterback. They've allowed multiple touchdowns uh, through the air eight times. They rank 23rd uh, in four for four schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed and Tampa Bay is implied for almost 29 points. The second highest total behind the Colts who we just mentioned. And we talked about the Buccaneers quarterback as a whole, uh, Winston and Fitzpatrick have combined for 85% 
of the Buccaneers' total yards and for 88% of their total touchdowns. If we look at the rest of the league, Matt Ryan's the only quarterback that is 80% both yards and touchdowns for his offense, and there's only six quarterbacks in the league that have accounted for 75% of their team's yards and touchdowns. So the Buccaneers quarterback is a very valuable position, and this is a situation where it should be a shootout. I, I don't think either defense is going to, to slow down the other offense, and Tampa Bay's defense is part of the problem. They're so bad against the pass and just on defense in general that they force the Buccaneers into these passing situations. And we've seen it even when Jameis or, or Fitzpatrick has got pulled, you can make the argument that when they're priced relatively low, like they are here, one of them is going to meet value in by the time they get yanked. Cause even if, even if he throws three picks, he might have two touchdowns to, and 300 yards to go along with it. Uh, I do want to note when we're talking about these two players, that Andrew Luck, if we look at the comparison between these two, who I think a lot of people are going to be ping-ponging on, uh, deciding who they want in their lineups, Andrew Luck is $900 more than Jameis on FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's only $400 more. So that's something to consider if you're playing both sides. Very interesting, uh, the decision to go with Jameis Winston. I mean, if you're going to go with Jameis Winston, and again, you know, if he makes it through the full game, then it's definitely going to pay off. But mm-hmm. um why would you not just pivot to Mullins then if you it, because the Tampa Bay defense yeah. is even worse than the San Francisco defense why would you not at least consider pivoting to Mullins there yeah th- i think the i think the concern there is probably the fact that San Francisco has been so run heavy we know Mullins had that uh huge game against Oakland but he looked pretty mediocre last week obviously this Tampa Bay defense is one that you can attack through the air or through any means that you really want they rank in the bottom 10 and adjusted fantasy points allowed to every single skill position uh but in neutral game script the 49ers especially in recent weeks have chosen to to feature Breda and go towards the run more. So uh, even when, when they are near the goal line, no matter how they score, a lot of it has been through their running back. So there, there's a little bit of concern there, but I'm completely fine with, with Mullen $6,000 on uh FanDuel. He's $5,400 on DraftKings. So probably a little more so on FanDuel because he's so much cheaper than some of the other guys. You're not getting a, a crazy huge discount on him over on DraftKings. Uh, Winston's only $600 more. Someone like Carson Wentz is only 500 more. So you have more of a decision there. But on FanDuel, Mullins is crazy cheap, and he makes a lot of things work. All right, very good. So, uh, by the way, James O'Shaughnessy is still $4,000. <laughs> I will not be going back to the well this week. Uh, 0.9 points just took me completely off of him. And a listener of ours hit me up on Twitter. He's like, I want to play, play you head-to-head this week because you keep saying you're going to plug in O'Shaughnessy, and it didn't work out for me very well last week. Um, but luck and T.Y. Hilton did. Let's move on. What's going to help you this week? Uh, Melvin Gordon, I mean, come on. In cash games, if he's not 75% on, I'm going to be shocked. This guy is the super duper chalk. Well, especially in a week where where we don't have Gurley, uh, we don't have Kamara, we don't have Huntley. He's he's the closest thing that we have to those guys this week. Uh, on on Fanduel, he's I don't have the DraftKings scoring in front of me, but uh, he's actually the highest floor running back this year. He's the only running back with at least fifteen Fanduel points in every single game this year. So a lot of people would would like to make the argument that. Uh, 
that that Gurley or or Barkley are the highest floor guys. But from a from fantasy point total this year, it's it's been Gordon. Obviously, Gurley tweaked that ankle, and and uh, Saquon only had one down game. But those are still things that go into your running back safety uh, per se in their floor. But Gordon, eighty nine hundred on Fanduel, eighty six hundred on DraftKings versus the Cardinals as twelve point favorites. Uh, there's there's plenty of salary and value to get to Gordon on both sites and I think we talked about this a little bit last week we see often when teams come out of the bye sometimes the shifts in, in strategy are settled and sometimes they're very obvious one thing that we've seen from the Chargers since they came out of their bye in their three games Melvin Gordon has accounted for at least 45% of their touches in every one of those games. He only hit that number one time in the six games that he played uh, before the bye. And then you add on his touchdown equity in this offense. Chargers implied for almost 29 points themselves. And as a 12-point home favorite, a lot of factors pointing to Gordon is clearly the best play on this slate. I mean, Arizona's just horrible. All yeah. the way around. I mean, they lost to the Oakland Raiders. They lost to the Raiders. So that just shows you how bad they are. And it's it, it's a lot about coaching. It's a lot about a rookie quarterback. And then it's their defense sucks as every bit as bad as everything mm-hmm. else. So uh, Melvin Gordon, definitely the top uh, option there. At running back, I'm, I'm going to bring a guy up to you that's not on the list uh, that, that we have right now. But first, we'll just go to Nick Chubb. Because, again, 7500 FanDuel, that's too cheap. 6300 on DraftKings. I mean, this guy is uh, – they, they traded Carlos Hyde for a reason. This guy is a legit workhorse. Now, they have gotten Duke Johnson more involved, at least in a passing game. But Nick Chubb is explosive. Nick Chubb is a running back one. And this might be the last time you get him for under 8K on FanDuel. Yeah, and I don't – uh, I don't really see how you get away from him on DraftKings. On on FanDuel, he, he's under 8K, but you also have him in a, a similar price range to guys like James Conner, David Johnson, uh, Joe Mixon, James White. So you have some decisions there. On on DraftKings, Nick Chubb at 6,300 is kind of in, in his own tier in a week where we don't have a, a lot of uh, go-to value plays at the position. And he's seeing volume that is that should elicit the price that you mentioned. You don't think he's going to be under uh, $8,000 anymore this year. And that's because if we look at how much he's getting usage, it's up there with the, the Saquons, the, the Melvin Gordons, the Todd Gurley's uh, only four players over the last month have accounted for a higher percentage of their team touches. And even though Cleveland is a road underdog, Cincinnati has I don't know if I've seen a team play this bad for a stretch against running backs or at least if if you could think of one remind me allowing 201 total yards per game to running backs over the last six weeks that is an insane number and this game does have a relatively high uh uh Game total, but the spread's just three. Both of these teams like to run. Uh, both of these run defenses are very bad. So even if they do move the ball through the air quite well, that's going to set up for uh, increased usage near the goal line. So this would be the uh, the punt play if you're going in cash. So he's 5,300 on FanDuel, and I'm going to bring up uh, Gus Edwards here. Yeah. Because, listen, because the head coach – uh, John Harbaugh came out and said, you know, that this is the guy we've been looking for. He really came out in heavy praise of Gus Edwards, who came out of nowhere. I mean, he was just not on the radar 
coming into this week. He, he was on the roster. People knew he was there, but he wasn't on the fantasy radar because, it, I mean, he had, t- what do you have, 10, 10 touches against that Tennessee like five weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he didn't do he didn't do too much with it. Well, last week against that awful Cincinnati run D, 115 yards and a touchdown. So the question to you is, at that price point, is he worth throwing in there and trying to make up ground elsewhere? Well, the Raiders defense that they're facing isn't much better. The Raiders have allowed 190 yards per game to running backs over the last six weeks, and you get the benefit of potentially good game script for Edwards here. The Ravens are at home favored by, I believe, the number's 10 and a half. Uh, I am not opposed to playing Edwards at all. Uh, the, the only couple arguments would be I don't know that you necessarily have to pay down that far on uh, FanDuel because at the other positions, namely wide receiver, I, I don't know if there is anybody that you necessarily need to get up to with guys like uh, Julio, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Tyreek, not on the slate. Uh, and there, there are some small concerns. We're not 100% sure as of this recording if if Joe Flacco is going to play. It sounds pretty much like Lamar Jackson's locked in. Lamar Jackson did run the ball 27 times, so he's going to kill some of of McGuire, I'm sorry, of um Edwards of Edwards' rushing floor, but again, they're not going to he's not going to run it 27 times every game either. He came out, I believe it was today and said uh, Lamar Jackson said that he wants to get his receivers involved more. He should get his receivers involved more. But still, this with Lamar Jackson in the lineup, this team is going to be a run-centered team. When we have quarterbacks like this that are going to run uh, the run-pass options, that are, are going to have designed quarterback runs, all it's going to do is open up the lanes even more for someone like Gus Edwards. So, yes, I'm to answer your question, I'm completely fine with playing him in any format. Edwards, 4,400 on DraftKings. He's not a pass-catching back. So just to, uh, just to you know think about that for a second. But the price is so cheap on FanDuel. I, I do think he's a better play on FanDuel, though, just for the sole fact that he does not catch passes. Sure, sure. All right. So uh, that's the running back phase of this. Let's move on to the wide receivers. And Antonio Brown, this started back in the preseason, okay? And, and I've been in a league with uh, friends for a long time, probably you know 15 years, and guys that are actually in the industry or in this league, and one of them comes up to me and he goes, man, you, you got to get rid of Antonio Brown. He's going to have a down year this year. Well, you know what? Start off a little slow. He's scoring every game now. He's scoring every game last week because of the matchup. What was it, Jacksonville? They played Jacksonville. Yep. He was under 5% owned in a lot of the tournaments. I mean, I, you're cleaning up there, and this week he's got Denver on the road. I have a feeling that people are going to be off of Antonio Brown again because the Steelers are on the road, and, oh, it's Denver. Oh, yeah, that's secondary. So amazing. I'm with you, man. Antonio Brown right at the top of the list this week, 8,500 FanDuel, 8,700 DK. And maybe it's maybe it's because I'm, I'm so entrenched in – in DFS and he hasn't been the must play that we've we've he's been in the past and guys like Michael Thomas, Tyreek, Julio, um they've they've kind of been overshadowing him, but Antonio Brown's having as good of a year 
as he ever has. He's dominating this year, and I wanted to mention him specifically because with all those players that I mentioned that aren't on the main slate, the Tyreeks, the Julios, the Michael Thomases, it's it's a coin flip between Antonio Brown and uh, Odell. They're the they're the two big wide receivers on the slate this week. Both are eighty five hundred dollars on FanDuel on DraftKings. Uh, I believe that they. Antonio's eighty seven hundred and Odell's a hundred dollars more, eighty eight hundred. On paper, Odell has a better matchup. Philadelphia's thirty second in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers, uh, while Denver is thirteenth. Odell has had a much higher target share, but that hasn't necessarily resulted in more targets. Antonio's still averaging 11 targets per game. Uh, but the reason I really like Antonio over Odell this week is because the touchdown equity. I think uh, Pittsburgh is a team that a lot of savvy players tend to shy away from when they're on the road. They have a point total at 25 points, which if we look at it on the list of point totals this week if we just go by ranking they look pretty low but there's no other team there no team is implied for over 30 points so it's everybody's really close and uh the one spot where denver has been weak on their past defense this year and this is why i like antonio quite a bit is denver's allowed the fourth most completions on deep balls deep balls defined as uh 20 more or more air yards 20 more yards downfield and antonio is the deep route runner juju he usually runs his routes relatively short especially compared to ab so i i really like ab to be able to get loose on this defense uh this this week and i don't think that this is going to be a popular passing offense the pittsburgh steelers but i really like ab here it'll actually uh yeah there's no way people are going to be on him for the reasons are you just talked about they're going to be on the road um and then there's still the the notion that this denver secondary is just absolute shutdown but uh i'm I'm with you on antonio this week Uh, how about we bring an old uh friend back into the mix here tyler Mm -hmm. boyd who is back under 7k on fanduel and he's down to 6k on DraftKings. tyler boyd if A.J. Green is back in the lineup, Boyd is back in play, right? Uh, if A.J. Green is, is out of the lineup, you said? If he's in the lineup. I should, if he's in the lineup, he is back in play. Oh, absolutely. A.J. Green is, ba- is back in play. Uh, and if he's not, Tyler Boyd, I, I think, is one of the closer things we have to a lock at wide receiver this week just because he's been commanding so much volume in this offense. And, I mean, last week... Uh, under 10 PPR points week seven under 10 PPR points, but over the last month, top five in in target share. So whenever we have a situation where we're getting volume, but not the fantasy production, uh, that's a really good spot to target a player because it usually coincides with the price drop. And it also means that a lot of people are, are going to be wary about playing that player, but we want to follow the volume Uh, over the last six weeks. Cincinnati throws at the second highest rate in neutral situations this is a game with only a three-point spread so it should be pretty close and that that target share that he's seen that's wide receiver one target share but he's seen a price that's uh second tier pricing he's priced at the wide receiver 10 on Fanduel, wide receiver nine on DraftKings. that's not crazy low but when you consider how much of this passing game he's accounting for that that's too low 
Last but not least, Adam Humphreys uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 4,000 DK, 5,600 FanDuel, taking on San Francisco. We already talked about Jameis's uh, matchup here, and it's a guy that's just on the field a ton, mm-hmm. and he's a slot. He's in the slot, and that's that's a recipe for success against these Niners. And I wanted to mention Humphrey specifically because – a lot of people will be on Jameis. Uh, I I believe that uh, a lot of people also be on Mike Evans and especially Cameron Brait with OJ Howard on IR. But exactly what you mentioned, Humphreys is the only wide receiver, only pass catcher uh, besides Evans that has played at least 80% of the Buccaneers snaps over the last month. Uh, San Francisco, they struggle against the slot. They allow the second most yards per target to the position. And that's where 79% of Humphrey's targets have come from this year. Now the, the Buccaneers have kind of been all over the place this year when it comes to who the second receiver has been. Obviously OJ Howard has kind of been the guy uh, behind Mike Evans, but we've had Deshaun games. We've had Godwin games. Uh, we haven't really had a crazy Humphrey's game. I think he had one pretty good game a few weeks ago, but he's for how much more he's on the field compared to the other guys not named Evans. I just haven't seen his name popping up uh, as much as you might expect. So this week, if you're looking for that salary saving guy, Humphreys is one that I really like. Think back to just a week ago. We look for these offenses that have these big game totals that are expected to put up a lot of points through the air. And we want to see targets, but, most of the industry is on that. They know to look for targets. So where can we find a different edge? Well, if this player's on the field a lot and this team's expected to score a lot, eventually that's going to turn into a big game. We saw it last week from uh, Traquan and from DJ Moore. So I think Humphreys can be that version of, of that this week. He was not on my radar. I didn't even start looking at Humphreys till uh, I saw the list that you sent over. I was like, oh, Humphreys, let's dig into this a little bit more. Um, I'm not so sure I'll have him in cash, but it's not a bad GPP play. I just, the question is, what's the likelihood of him getting in the end zone? Sure. Is he seeing, is he seeing the red zone targets? Is he, is he there? So, so often people say it's impossible to predict touchdowns. Well, if you're playing, if you're playing half point PPR, you're trying to predict touchdowns, right? Yeah. And yeah. And if, I mean, if you're just going to, if you're going to say it's impossible to know for sure, yeah, that's absolutely correct. But football's a high variance game, and we're looking to play the odds. What we're going after, if who has the highest likelihood to mm-hmm. score a touchdown? Well, if a team is going to score the most points on the week, and the players on the field more than anybody, that guy should be on your radar as someone who has potential touchdown upside. So Humphreys fits those categories. Uh, and again, that's the the savvy people. They were on the Traquan in the more last week, and this is a similar situation. And Humphreys has scored three touchdowns in his last two games. So yep. there you go. Uh, tight end this week. You got Zach Ertz at the top of your list. I wonder if you're really in a crunch. Uh, how bad it would be to go and pivot to George Kittle if you got if you if you don't have the hundred to go and get Ertz in there. Would you go Kittle and feel pretty comfortable with that? I actually think that Ertz is the pivot 
because mm. he had such a down game as the chalk last week. And that's why I wanted to mention him over Kittle here on four for four. We actually have Kittle projected as the best value on both sites. Kittle 7,500 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. Ertz 7,600 on FanDuel, uh, 6,400 on DraftKings. So slightly more expensive. Uh, Kittle has the better on paper matchup. Tampa Bay 27th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And like I said, Ertz was one of the most popular plays of the week uh, last week. And the the Saints just decided to bracket the tight end, which is something we don't see very often uh, from uh, defense. But I don't know that the Giants necessarily are going to try or have the ability to do the same thing. The Saints have been playing pretty good defense of late. Uh, and after that game, Ertz is, he's going to have depressed ownership, I, I think. And again, if we look at this on paper matchup, New York's eighth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends, but Ertz lines up a ton in the slot. And that's where New York is actually very weak. They allow the six most yards per target uh, to the slot. Philadelphia is favored by six. They're at home. Those are conditions that favor a tight end quite a bit, uh, even more so than implied point total. And it's it's a condition that a lot of fantasy players don't necessarily take into account, especially as much as they do with uh, running backs. But you can argue that it's it's almost as important for tight end to be in those positive game flow situations. I really like Ertz to b- bounce back this week. I mean, I'll just say this. Uh, very rarely in a tournament lineup will you see two tight ends, you know, a tight mm-hmm. end and then a tight end and a flex. I might, I'm going to, I'm going to look into it a little more as the week goes on, but I might lean toward throwing a lineup in this week with both Kittle and Zach Ertz, because there is just blow the lid off the top potential here for both of these guys. It's, um, it's definitely not a popular strategy and it's, no. it's not one that you should, you should base your week around, but the only week that we've had a Sunday million winner uh, that didn't use a running back in the flex this year. They used a tight end in the flex. Mm. About that. All right. So maybe I'm on to something. Maybe I'm not. Uh, lastly, a tight end, Jack Doyle, one of Andrew Luck's favorite targets, 5,500 FanDuel, 4,100 DraftKings. And, you know, you're still, maybe you're concerned about Eric Ebron being on mm-hmm. the field, but this is the guy that Andrew Luck still likes to go to. And he's the guy similar to Humphreys that is on the field more than any of his teammates. And and you talk about Ebron Doyle's double, almost tripling up Ebron's snaps since he's returned last week. Ebron played 40% of the snaps. That was the most that he's played since Jack, Jack Doyle returned from injury. He's the only player besides Andrew Luck that has played 80% of the offensive snaps over the last month. Uh, He's, matched or exceeded Ebron's target totals in every game. And like Ertz, Jack Doyle is on a team that is a huge favorite at home. The Colts seven and a half point home favorites. Uh, We know that Doyle and Luck have a connection. We know that Doyle can command a very high target share. And frankly, Luck's kind of been spreading around. I mean, we've seen uh, Dontrell Inman dominate targets or at least be near the top of the team in targets, getting end zone targets, getting red zone targets. There isn't uh, any way that you could look at this team and say, oh, for sure it's going to be TY, for sure it's going to be Ebron this week. Uh, And because so many people are going to be on TY for the Colts and Cameron Brate at tight end, I wanted to mention Jack Doyle here as someone that I'm really looking to because – I just don't 
think people want to trust in that snap rate or in a player that has been getting outscored in fantasy by a teammate at his own position. But this is a really good spot for Doyle. Yeah, it is. I I'm just want to go back to um, Zach Ertz here for a minute. Mm-hmm. And he's priced similarly to guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yep. And um, I he has put up, and before last week, he was almost borderline wide receiver one. Now, this guy's put up high-end wide receiver two numbers. And I think, as we've talked many a times, we're usually not going to pay up for tight end cash. No. We're usually not going to I think this week you can make an argument that Zach Ertz is going to be worth it or even Kittle to that point. But I, it's so many, I, I didn't even think about how people are going to be off of Zach Ertz just because I'm such a believer in this guy. Mm-hmm. And I almost, almost feel like I'm going to try and stuff him into my lineups this week, just because I'm going to get production. That's going to give me an edge over everybody else at tight end. Although I could see people paying up for, for Kittle a whole bunch too, but man, I mean, Zach Ertz has just been, He's domi- He's been dominating this year. He scores a touchdown just about every single week. And last week was a goose egg. The whole team was a goose egg last week. Right. You know, is is Carson Wentz a horrible quarterback? No, he's not a horrible. He's a good quarterback. That everything went wrong for them. The Saints were terrific on defense at the same time. Zach Ertz is a super stud. Super stud. Yeah. And what's I mean, what's more likely to happen if we're talking about probabilities and 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 odds is it more likely that Ertz has a repeat game from last week which is his absolute floor or that he is closer to what we've seen for the first 10 weeks of the season which is a record-setting pace I think it's the latter no doubt about it all right let's do this let's get on to uh defenses now so for me at the top of the list is going to be Oakland just because Mm -hmm. of the match or the Ravens going up against Oakland but um Baltimore, but right there in the same price point of the Chargers taking on Josh Rosen and Arizona and the Chargers are home too. And they're, they're favored by a dozen points and Joey Bosa is coming back. A lot of good things pointed toward the Chargers this week. And I do wonder if they're going to be a better uh, GPP play because a lot more people will be on the Ravens. My guess is that, and what we have projection on four for four right now is that the the Chargers and Ravens, because they're priced so similarly, Chargers forty nine hundred on uh, Fanduel, Ravens five thousand dollars, Chargers thirty four hundred on Fanduel, Ravens thirty three hundred. I'm sorry, on DraftKings, uh, they're probably going to cannibalize each other's ownership quite a bit. I think I don't, I don't think either of them will be low owned. I would expect both of them to be probably around that fifteen percent range. They're both in fantastic spots. Um, I. We have the Chargers ranked slightly higher uh, than the Browns in terms of value on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, the Cardinals, they they rank 30th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to opposing defenses. Josh Rosen does have a significantly higher interception rate than Derek Carr. And you mentioned Joey Bosa. He, he came back last week, but I think he only played 20 some odd snaps 30 something snaps they were expecting him to to max out at 20 uh i would expect him to be on the field for for every snap that's what it sounds like they're they're ready to just let him go this week and and if that's the case and chargers get up big favored by 12 uh lots of opportunities for sacks and turnovers here for this defense you prefer them over oakland or over, over Baltimore. Baltimore, I said that again. Yeah, you prefer them over Baltimore, and the reason why I say Baltimore is just because they're playing Oakland. But you prefer LA over Baltimore. I I like the upside of because I'm almost certainly going to have Gordon when I don't have to force a correlation into my lineup and it works. 
uh, if I'm splitting hairs, that's often the tiebreaker, and that's that's the case this week. So uh, even in my cash lineups, there the upside of that, especially if you're playing uh, in head-to-heads, where we're getting more points equals more money instead of just a 50-50. Uh, that's often what will be my tiebreaker. But I, I mean, attacking the Raiders is one of my favorite pastimes of 2018. <laughs> it's. It's very, it's been very, very, very good to me. Uh, let's go back to the Eagles, man, because everybody be mm-hmm. off the Eagles. They gave up 6,000 points to the Saints last week. <laughs> well, guess what? They ain't playing the Saints. And for everybody that thinks Eli Manning's career has been resuscitated, he just faced the two worst defenses in the National Football League. I think the Eagles are just going to smear the Giants this week. And it, technically, you know, the Giants are even in the mix for the division still at what, three it's and crazy. seven? But the Eagles are definitely in the mix at four and six, and they can get back right back into it. If Dallas beats the Redskins, you know, the Eagles could be a game back with a win over the Giants. I look for the Eagles to bounce back big time this week. I love their defense at 2,400 on DK and 3,800 on Fandle. Absolutely love that defense. And you know the NFC East as well as anybody that I talk to, and I'm, I'm in agreement with you here. I think that, I mean, this team wasn't, Super Bowl champion by accident. They regroup this week against the Giants, go on a little tear with 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 Alex Smith down now. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. Giants are the Giants. I mean, no one's going to run away with this division. If it is, it's going to be because the Eagles go undefeated down the stretch, finish 10 and 6. But we for this week and specifically, there aren't a lot of spots to pay down on defense at least that you're you're going to feel very comfortable with but we have a team that's favored by six points that is sub four thousand dollars on FanDuel. the eagles are thirty eight hundred dollars there really cheap on DraftKings, only twenty four hundred dollars against the giants offense that ranks 23rd in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing defenses uh giants have actually dialed back their they're passing a little bit over the first six or seven weeks of the season they were uh among the highest teams in terms of neutral passing rate they're Closer to middle of the pack now, but they're going to be forced to throw as underdogs. Uh, they allow one of the highest adjusted sack rates in the league, so teams are able to get on, get after Eli uh, quite often. And, of course, like we always talk about, pressure on quarterback teams that have to throw, that's where we get fantasy points from sacks and turnovers. I'm with you. I, I, I like the Eagles to big bounce back after getting embarrassed last week. Nobody's talking about the uh, New England Patriots this week either. Very. Mm. You know, the only thing is, oh, they mm. ran a trick play. Brady, what was he, tweaked his knee or something. And nobody's talking about them. They're going up against the Jets. Uh, Josh Gordon's air yards continue to be very impressive in, in, in the passing game. Julian Edelman could have a big one. Michelle has another week back with his knee getting better. Um, nobody's talking about this team. And Gronkowski will probably be back. I'm still... <sighs> I mean, this just ain't the same guy anymore. He's sitting there at sixty nine hundred. This <laughs> they did it again. By they the way. did it again. They're they doing it, it on purpose. <laughs> but <laughs> they absolutely did it on purpose. But there's a reason he's not eight K anymore. Right. On fa- the guy just he's not the same guy. He's too banged up. The, well, this this offense hasn't been at full strength all year, and you could argue that they're never going to be because one of the the cornerstones of their offense was supposed to be Rex Burkhead, and he's not going to come back. But for what we have from this offense, this iteration, this is going to be the first week that they've really been at full strength. Uh, Sonny Michelle and Gronk haven't played together since week six. And at that time, uh, Josh Gordon wasn't 
integrated into this offense like he is now. Now Gordon is someone that Brady loves, and I it's he's averaging over seven targets per game. Uh, I still think he's one of the he has the ability to be one of the better scoring uh, options in the league in this offense. They just, this offense just hasn't put it together through the air, but they're still near the top of the league in points per game. Brady isn't getting the the uh, acknowledgement. This passing game isn't getting the respect that we've seen in the past. But like I said, they haven't all been together on the same field coming out of a bye now uh, with their team at full health, with their offense at full health. I, there's a lot of matchups that they can exploit against this my um against this new york defense and i may or may not have let off my gpp portion of my fanduel breakdown (laughs) with the patriots (laughs) well brady on dk is the most expensive quarterback at 6500 but again you look at edelman at 7k you know that's uh, that's not looking bad gordon's at 6.4k uh, Gronkowski's at 5,100, 5,100 for Gronkowski. I mean, if there is a game where he bounces back, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, the Patriots are priced up a little bit there on DraftKings. I think FanDuel, they're a little bit more um, affordable. Tom Brady is not going to be the highest-priced quarterback on FanDuel this week. But, uh, wow, it just seems like they're going under the radar. Newton, Luck, and Rivers are priced higher than Tom Brady this week. Yep. And Brady hasn't had that nutso game, though. That's the whole thing. No, our, oh, you know, he's, this is the beginning of the end. We're starting to see it. The arm strength is not there. Settle down. Settle down. You know, I, a three-game sample for this guy's career, I think he's proved us or a lot of people wrong enough to where Tom Brady's not washed up. He ain't washed up yet. Yeah, and it's, it's, not, it's not like he's ever had the strongest arm in the league anyway. It's, he's, he's done it through accuracy, through scheme. Uh, and and like I said, with all these players, you, you didn't even mention James White. Um, it's going to be tough for the Jets to cover anyone. All right, dude. Let's uh, let's move on to our game theory segment in just a sec. Uh, I want to let you know that Four for Four has partnered up with DraftKings, bringing any of our Four for Four memberships for free. Go to four for four dot com backslash DraftKings. Follow the instructions. You get full access to our most accurate rankings, lineup generator, optimal lineups. Premium articles and more, all for five bucks that you can then enter into contests to potentially win more. So we are super excited to bring you this deal. 4for4.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Can I give you a Thanksgiving? Since our game theory segment this week is about food and Thanksgiving food. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a myth that I couldn't believe that is actually factual because science has backed it up. Uh, The earth is flat, TJ, just so you know. (laughs) There's actually a convention coming to D- to Denver where I just moved to. There's a flat earth convention coming. So uh, that should be fun. And I might actually stop by it just for entertainment value. But tryptophan, turkeys do not make you sleep. They do not make you sleepy. Ah. This is a f- this is infactual, completely false. It's not it. Now, other things that could be reasons for you crashing <laughs> on your couch, drinking your ass off. All That's right. one. Eating tons of sugar. That's two. Mm-hmm. Eating so much food that your whole body is just like, I mean, you just feel like there's lead weight in your stomach. There's another reason. But turkey doesn't have much more tryptophan than other things you're likely to eat for dinner. So chicken, check this out. Chicken has 0.34 grams of tryptophan. Turkey only has 0.31. Beef has 0.35. I mean, if you're talking about tryptophan value, 
These guys are bottom of the barrel. Complete fallacy. Turkey does not make you tired. You're bringing it with the uh, with with the foul oh, with with, that... the, with the foul stats. Oh, not week. only foul. I threw a little beef in there too, yeah. buddy. Yeah, uh, it's fact. I got numbers to support my argument. So bring it on. You're not going to be tired because the turkey. It's tired because you're gluttonous and you're getting hammered. That's why you're tired. Well, speaking of speaking of foul and and beef, our 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 theory segment this week. We thought we'd have a little fun. We'll talk about our favorite Thanksgiving foods, the worst Thanksgiving food, just kind of talk about the holidays food. What let's go, let's jump ahead to to the main and then we'll get to the sides. The traditions, uh, traditional Turkey ham. Uh, if you're doing it right, maybe got a little roast beef in there. How do you walk us through your, your, your plate building strategy? All right. So this is new because I used to go to my parents every single year and yeah, they'd mix like she, my mom would mix in some, She'd have some brisket, and she'd have yeah. the turkey, mm. and then she'd have a couple like Jewish things, like a thing called uh, kasha, and she'd have okay. some knishes there. Okay. And then we'd have all these just, like eighteen different pies. It was this is different now. Okay, now it's me and my wife, and we're not going to sit here three days before and get everything done. So I'm going to tell you what's happening yeah. right now. The wife is upstairs. We're going to smoke a turkey, a turkey Ooh. breast. We're not even going to have the whole turkey. There's only. There's two adults and two little kids. No reason to waste all the turkey. We'll give a little bit to the dogs. So we got a turkey breast that we're going to smoke with hickory uh, wood. It's going to be delicious. I can't wait. Then we're going to have do... a full size smoker at home. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, got my that's Traeger, the move, dude. It's yep. absolutely amazing. I don't know if you got a Traeger or not. It's this company from Oregon. I put everything in that. We're actually going to uh, smoke some salmon too this year. We're going to smoke some salmon. We're going to smoke some um, going straight hickory turkey breast yeah because that's the kind of chips i found i mean there's other types i like too but this year we're doing hickory that's what we got when you throw it in smoker we got um the desserts this we're probably just gonna do the old pumpkin pie some ice cream dessert does not have to be fancy to make me happy if it's ice cream i'm happy what i'm doing the second we get off here is i'm going upstairs and making my uh, my sweet potato casserole um yeah i don't some people love it some people don't love it um i take now do you go do you go sweet sweet uh let me give you the ingredients here so i go with six sweet potatoes okay all right i'll do three garnet and three of whatever the hell the jewels so because one of them's really really sweet and the other one kind of balances that out then Mm -hmm. you got some brown sugar throw a little brown sugar in there Uh, a little bit of butter is delicious and then the secret ingredient is you take oranges and you fresh squeeze some juice and you throw a little orange juice in there you throw a little orange juice in there. Some people like nutmeg. Some people like cinnamon. I don't know what I'm using this year because I don't know what's in our cabinets right now. Throw it in. Bake it right before it's ready. Throw a whole bunch of marshmallows on top. Put it back in. Make sure you get the marshmallows a little bit burned. But it, I, I yep. can eat that with turkey all day. And we'll get into the turkey thing here in a minute. But that is that is Thanksgiving for me. It is sweet potato casserole. That's Thanksgiving. Drop the mic. I don't need anything else. Yeah, I think we're we're pretty lockstep there. If you get me a, a good uh some some candy dams or a good sweet oh. potato dish, that's that's my my side right there. I mean, if really all really all I'm showing up for is 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 the ham, uh the the a good dressing, uh good stuffing and and some sweet potatoes and then desserts. Everything else is just um it's just there for to to look good. I mean, I could the the gravy's great, uh but 
the the turkey's only good because the gravy's there. Yep. The rolls are just there to clean up everything that you don't get. I'm a big fan of a a, a, a well made green bean casserole, Ooh. but 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 it's something that people can mess up pretty good too. But but if it's done right, I'm I'm all for. Uh, the green bean casserole, the cranberry sauce, it's all right. But the, the biggest mistake uh, that I see every Thanksgiving when everyone posts their pictures, which don't post your picture because we're all eating the same things, you morons. Um, the, <laughs> the, I mean, if you're eating the, horse, by all means, yeah, throw it up there. I yeah, want to sure. see what horse yeah. meat looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. If you have a, if you're eating a dolphin, send us a picture. Oh, that's horrible. I know. I'm sorry. You'll be um, vilified if you do but, that. But, but the, the biggest mistake is you see these plates dinner served on Thanksgiving and it's just a, a mountain of food. I mean, you got, listen, when I'm going, I, I get my plate, maybe two plates so I can move things around and eat them comfortably, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but just a little bit of everything because I want to taste everything. See, see what the, what the sleeper is. I got to see how the main dishes are, but I'm not trying to stuff myself. I still have, I still have dessert coming. I'm, I, I have to get a pecan pie. I got to get a pumpkin pie, uh, for, for the pumpkin pie. Give me store bought with some Cool Whip, like like I'm a child. That's my go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you still got you still have cigars and drinking to do, and then you still have to come back for seconds. So that's the the big error is is filling the plate as much as possible. Get a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, and I'm glad you brought up the turkey thing. We talked about this for the show. I didn't know you felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, turkey is just a vehicle for to Man. get other things to put on it. Pancakes and French toast. What are those good for? I could actually eat a good French toast without syrup. But pancakes, one reason pancakes are out there is because you want to eat syrup. You know, that's the only that's the only good. Pancakes are not delicious. Pan, unless you put, like, lots of fruit, delicious fruit in it, they're not going to be delicious. Turkey is not a delicious meat. What is no. in the Matrix? It's like they built they built uh, uh, ne- Neo. Did you see <laughs> the Matrix, by the way? You have yeah, nuts? yeah. Okay, thank God you have the the guy one of the guy goes you know i i made this it's just full protein it, it's just like chicken back home all it is is protein that's what chicken is it doesn't have yeah. a flavor chicken no. doesn't taste like anything it ta- oh it tastes like chicken don't taste like chicken it tastes like nothing so you got to put stuff on it i'm not a gravy guy what do i do with mine i make the i forgot to tell you we got homemade uh, cranberry sauce which okay. is, really is the best got to go it's homemade just, oh it's so good what i do is i'll take the turkey and i'll eat the white meat i'm not a big fan sure. of me Throw the white meat on there. On top of that, a scoop of the sweet potato casserole. On top of that, a spoonful of the cranberry. Mix it up and eat it. It's delicious. Yeah. That's the way to eat turkey. The The best thing about turkey is the next day when you could make a Thanksgiving sandwich. Mm-hmm. When you could mm-hmm. put the cranberry sauce, when you could put the turkey, when you could put all that stuff between bread. When it's cold, that's when turkey is the best. But yeah, turkey is, is, is overrated. It's so easy to mess up because it's such a most people aren't cooking in in chef style convection ovens they have their home oven that they they'd never use for anything this big all year and they get one shot at it no one's smart enough to to make the the trial turkey or two a week before everyone just assumes they're going to get it right on thursday which they aren't i just always imagine the um the the national lampoon's vacation when they cut the turkey open and and it explodes and just mm-hmm. a bunch of dust that's that's how most people finish the turkey the fried turkey i have had the fried turkey and it is a difference it is better um but but i'm with you i'm i'm turkey's probably the the least favorite thing on the uh on on the menu now you mentioned pancakes and french toast and and one of my favorite things and and a tradition 
that that we had a little bit growing up that I don't know how many people do this, but I always look forward to it. We did two big meals on Thanksgiving, one of them being a big brunch, a big Thanksgiving brunch really early. What is your, do you guys have, you already mentioned you guys had some of the Jewish foods at Thanksgiving. Do you have any uh, unpopular uh, or not traditional things that you guys do on on Thanksgiving? we're in uncharted territory here. I just moved out to mountain time. This is the redheaded stepchild of time zones, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I've been out on the East Coast. I've done it. We lived out on the West Coast. I've done it. I live in Central. I don't know how to deal with this. The game is on at 11 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. How am I going to have brunch? How am I going to eat brunch during a football game? You can't do it. So what I'm thinking is French toast for breakfast. Yep. Watch football. Get the food going. Probably sometime between the Dallas uh, Washington game, maybe toward the start of that, because I don't think it's going to be a fun game to watch um, mm-hmm. just because it's going to be ugly. So that's that's my plan. Again, mountain time kind of screws it up. If you're on the East Coast, you could take care of it. You can do it at 11 in the morning because the games haven't started. What's yep. interesting to me is that you have brunch on the West Coast, which means that you're eating during the games. So how does this work? Yeah. Well, is I the mean, TV on? Yeah. Oh, the TV okay, doesn't go you. off at all. all, right. all right. Well, TV's on while Grandpa's saying grace. No okay. one, no one turns off football during uh, during Thanksgiving. What? So when all that's done, what what dessert do you have your your eye on? I mean, I'm I could I mean apple pie's great, but again, I'm pecan and and pumpkin are the ones I'm looking at when I walk yeah. in the door. I bought some Turkish coffee ice cream and some bittersweet chocolate ice cream, and I'm going to mix them together, and I'm just going to sit and uh, eat that and get fat. It's going to be awesome. That's a good move. Yeah, chocolate. It's got, like, the real coffee grinds in it, and uh, and then you mix in with the dark chocolate ice cream. And then it actually wakes you up a little bit because you're kind of wired from all the coffee grinds. So, yeah, that's I'm not tough to please when it comes to dessert. Just give me ice cream. I'm happy. All right, when when all the kids go to bed and grandparents are asleep, mm-hmm. it's Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. Mm-hmm. What bottle are you breaking out for you and the boys to sip on? Water, buddy. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yeah? I'm not a drinker, pal. All right, all you're, right. I know you're going full IPA. You're going with a case of IPA, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's the best shtick ever. It's like anytime – if you don't follow DJ on Twitter, it's funny because anytime somebody says – um, you know, this is the reason, what is the reason why the earth is horrible? And he just puts IPA and Absolutely. it's, it's, it's a wonderful zinger. I have a good time with it. I'm not even on beer on Thanksgiving because I'm eating so much and, and you know, it's a nice holiday. You got family. Uh, it's a good day to break out a good bottle of red wine throughout the day when you're, Ooh. when you're hanging out, when you're waiting for the food to, to, to be ready, uh, while you're eating the red wine. But when it gets late night, um, I mean, I'm, I'm it's time to break out the good stuff. And if I'm sipping on something, I'm, I'm going for, for the bottle of scotch. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite two two of my favorite brands, uh, Jura, uh, is, is a scotch and, uh, Akintoshin. Those are my two favorites to, to break out. Akintoshin has a three wood, uh, Jura has their prophecy and their superstition lines. And then, uh, assuming that, that the crowd is, is willing and I got the right people over for Thanksgiving or I'm with the right crew. Uh, I'd like to to top it off with, with a few cigars. I'm not a big cigar guy, but when when you got all the guys, all the family together and football's on, there's something about that scotch and that stogie at the end of a, of a holiday night. It's perfect. I will say this. A few years ago, my wife and I, we went uh, on a cruise during Thanksgiving. It was before the kids. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, for Thanksgiving night, I drank absinthe and not mm. the joke stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the, I think we were in St. Martin and yeah. it's just amazing. So if anybody has legit real absinthe, I will yeah. drink that. I will drink that. I'm not messing around with the scotch. Come on. That's give me some absinthe with the wormwood. I will drink that on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you could, I, I get stuck in any time there's a, there's a get together. I come from a bartending background, so I often get stuck mixing up the drinks and, and doing the pouring, which I don't mind. But uh, if you have a bottle of absinthe, you you can make uh, you can make some cocktails with with some absinthe. Do a little do a little absinthe absinthe rinse on uh, on some of your drinks there, and it'll spruce it up a little bit. I mean, well, I mean, the reason to drink absinthe is just because you're just going to be wasted, and it's not, yeah. I mean, it's more like a euphoria. It's more just a really laid back. It's not you. It's not like you drink the alcohol, which is so strong in the beginning, and immediately you feel like drunk because it's yeah. so strong. But then it wears off after about an hour, and the wormwood kicks in. It's amazing. It's the best. Yeah, I've, it really I have is. a couple. I have a couple stories about absinthe that I can't. I can't give on on the podcast. <laughs> but if you do have, if you do have absinthe at home, uh, look up a and you and you want to impress the relatives or the in laws. Look up a uh, a classic Sazerac, a little bit of rye whiskey preferably Sazerac rye whiskey, absinthe rinse, uh, little Peychaud bitters, orange zest, make it like an old fashioned Ooh. or make it up. Yeah. And then, and then what the, the, the kicker is when you rinse that absinthe in the glass, you pour it and then you got the little absinthe shot on the side. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's the absinthe cocktail. And I think I didn't expect us to get to absinthe, but, uh, but here we are topping off well, again. the Thanksgiving night with, with absinthe and cigars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not a drinker, but when I do, I do the real stuff. I mean, I don't mess around, and that's that's pretty tasty. Nah, it's not tasty, but it gets the job done. Yeah, All right, man. pal, I think we're done, right? Yeah. Uh, Is that it? Can I go yeah. make my, my sweet potato casserole now? What's, yeah. T- take us out of here. All right, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to the listeners. Uh, in case you missed it or already forgot, starting tonight at midnight through Monday, Black Friday to Cyber Monday deal DFS package only nineteen dollars on four for four access to all of our rankings tools projections lineup generator analysis. Uh, you're not going to get a better deal on the DFS package, and you still have two months to uh, to to play some DFS NFL. If you like the podcast, if you like what we talked about here, go ahead on iTunes, give us a five star rating and review, and we'll enter your name into a drawing to get a free four for four T-shirt. And if you like us even more, you want to see what we have to say outside of the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Holden is at Holden Radio. We'll talk to you guys in week 13. All the women in the house, if you chasing cash and you got some big with a matching, with your five-five boots on your open toes when you get on the floor.